episode is long overdue. The episode is a week in the making. But you know what? It's always good to talk to England Patriots football, especially with my guy, the guy who loves to talk Patriots football as much as I do. Give it up for the one and only McGarvin. We're back here. Episode hello, 239. Hello. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, like you were saying off camera, I had a wedding, I had a, not a wedding, like a pre-wedding celebration bachelor party this weekend. So like I'm pushing through the edges. Being old. It's always <laughs> worth it for the podcast. And the realization too, 21 days from now, we have our first full Sunday of the football season. Yeah. Can't wait. I mean, man, it always like, it always feels like once the football, you know, once football season's here, it's like pretty long. It never feels like, oh man, that went by so fast. But the off season, I was like, this is an eternity. Like when, when, when was the last football game? Like, give me something. So I'm pumped. Exactly. I got um, Chargers and uh, Saints on in the back right now. The Saints up uh, 13 to 10. And you know what? It's just great to see. You got football of all sorts too. So you have this. You have CFL in its midseason form, yep. and college football right around the corner too. I believe oh, yeah. starting next weekend. Yes, so we just, are. We are there. It's it's a whirlwind of just football on football on football, and you love to see it. But Here for what it. would a football podcast be without talking about everyone's favorite NFL team, the New England Patriots? Which unfortunately, looks that's the thing. I didn't get to watch last night's game, so we can walk through it. But. Sure. Um, Obviously, look, I know about the Isaiah Bolden incident. We're sending the best out to him. We're glad to see he's okay. But all in all, from your perspective, what did you think of New England's performance last night? I thought it was encouraging. Um, I know that there were questions about the offensive line uh, stemming from last week's game against Houston. And, I mean, I had all of the same questions. And I knew going into today, I mean, going into yesterday, they'd be down a number of starters, right? So, uh Cole Strange hasn't practiced in like two-ish weeks. Um, who else? So we had uh, Michael Nguyen, who's still on PUP. Yeah. Calvin Anderson is still on NFI. Um, so, you know, you go in knowing like, all right, they're going to be down some guys. Um, so we'll just kind of see how it goes. And all I was looking for was improvement from last week to this week. And I think I got that. So I was encouraged by the offensive line's performance, even though obviously Matt got sacked. Um, Zappy got sacked. Uh, both of the tackles each gave up one apiece. Uh, that being Andrew Stuber with the second team and City Sal with the first team that, you know, both gave up sacks. But other than that, it was encouraging. They were able to get some movement on the ground, which we didn't see last week. That was a, a big concern of mine. Like the interior wasn't getting any kind of push um, this week. Obviously, that was that was that was a little different because they were running the ball well, especially in the second half. The second team O-line, you had uh, Chase and Hines. Jake Andrews stepped in and then um, James Ferentz, and that was your interior three. And they were able to get some push, not so much Ferentz, but everyone else was able to get some push. So it was good to see. It was encouraging. I know a lot of people kind of want the preseason to be like a, a finished product. Like, oh, what is it going to look like when we play Philly, 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 Philly? Um, but these are baby steps, right? Like yeah. we just ha- we just needed to look better than it looked last week. And next week will look better than it looked this week. And then, you know, we're two weeks out from Philly from there. I think that's all you can really ask for in the preseason, especially in a team. Look, obviously, New England's a dynasty. There's a lot of people online saying, like, oh, you can you just admit New England sucks? Like, you're not that good, this, this, and this. But we know that this is a team where they're going to be competitive. You have to give it time. And it's my favorite – one of my favorite expressions to use, which one of them is a very not safe for work one, but the other one is walk before you run. And that's what this seems like through the Houston game. And what I saw just through Twitter, like, from guys like you and other various Patriot people – um, basically being like this team, like, hey, it's going to be a work in progress. I still feel like there's going to be a couple growing pains games, especially in the early for regular sure. season. For sure. But you know what? As long as this team's 
competitive down the road towards Christmas time. I think that's all we can really ask for as Patriot fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get get yourself in position to really go on a run. Um, and that's what we saw in 2021 where the team was like, you know, so-so to start. Then they hit yeah. a stride. And everyone's like, oh, they beat up on bad teams, but you, you can only play who's in front of you. So yeah. if the only teams in front of me are bad, that's not really my problem. It's their problem. Yeah. But like even with going back to that stretch, the one game I always really look at from 21 is even though they lost the Dallas game because that yep. was a very hard-fought game. And then the Charger game, just because, yep. look, the Chargers were a good team, but yep. Belichick, for some reason, knows how to shut down Justin Herbert. I think his Yeah, he hasn't played well against them. His two worst career games on paper, I'm pretty sure, were against the, the Patriots. Against the yep, 20, 20, yeah. uh, 2020, the Cam Newton year when they yep. won like 45-0. to zero. Yep. And then uh, in 2021, same, uh, same same kind of deal. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting. I don't um. I don't know. I don't imagine that this team is going to be like very good, right? My prediction earlier uh, earlier in the offseason was nine and eight. I still think it's about nine and eight. I can, you know, see ten and seven. You can talk me maybe into eleven, but really, it's about about there. Um, and really, all I think it all all I think it takes for the Patriots um, to get there is really to just go on a run in the middle of the year. Last year, I remember um, just kept thinking like, okay. If we can just go on a run and like string together three, three or four good wins, like this is a playoff team. Um, and we didn't obviously it, it took it to the very last last game against Buffalo to, you know, finally be eliminated. But prior to that, it's like, all right, at any point, if we just go on a run, that's great. I think the Patriots are really good at that. They did it during the Brady era. I think they intend to do it again this uh, you know, in the Mac Jones era where they not necessarily start slow intentionally, but you know, they're still figuring it out. So, you know, you end September two and two, or you know or thereabouts three and one would be ideal. You go into October, you win a couple there. If you can get to Thanksgiving, you know, six and three or whatever, or whatever the math is from there, you're in pretty good shape and you can just go on a run. That's all I'm looking for. And I think the preseason is a great stepping stone for that. You want to see them get better every week. We didn't see that last year. And I think me personally, I definitely like kind of undersold how big that was. Where it's like, oh, it's just the preseason. They'll figure it out. Oh, it's just the preseason. They'll figure it out. Uh, And they just never did. (laughs) So I think it's better this year where you're looking and you're like, all right, there's nothing major to figure out. It's just kind of like small things here and there and everyone getting on the same page. Yeah, I completely agree, actually, as I go on a side note, just because I flipped it over from the NFL preseason to CFL football, and the quarterback right now for the one team is former Patriot Jake Dolgala. So, uh, oh, Patriot legend. Yes, Patriot legend Jake Dolgala playing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I had to point that out, so I'm like, wait, that name rings a bell for a second. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Like My thing, too, is is going to that Saints game 2-2, two and two, obviously, because if you can – my thing right now, and I said this a couple weeks ago when I was asked by some people – Oh, what are the Patriot wins? And I said Miami week two. I said that, like, look, I I can see it, yeah. I but they were like, really? And I'm like, I said two reasons. I'm just like, Miami's a like a weird team in New England. The games mm-hmm. like in Miami, obviously, look, New England gets cooked down there figuratively and literally. Yep. But in New England, there's never a bad, the only bad Patriot game in Miami in recent memory. Although like that they did lose in 22, but like or 21, excuse me, that was up the, uh, that was the Ramondre The Ramondre's too, yeah, the fumble yeah. that, yeah. yeah. But, and then 2019 was like the last bad loss, I could say, in New England. The oh, the, yes, week, the yeah. week uh, 17 game where Devontae Parker cooked, uh, or Mike Gesicki cooked, cooked um, Patrick Chung to, for the game winner. I remember that game. Yes. And Atlanta yeah. Roberts got a touchdown, I'm pretty sure, in that game. Yes, as well. that was sick. A 44 yarder, yes. completely uncontested. That was sick. That was yeah. sick. So that's my thing there, where I'm like, and also because we're in the throwbacks that night. That's what I'm just yeah. saying. That's a, it's a uniform game. Um, that game, like, I look at the Saints game just because those are two teams where you don't know it. 
And then Thanksgiving, I also look at too, because the game after the Thanksgiving for us is the bye. Plus two, that's the Giant game. And that's going to be a great litmus test because both are teams with, even though the Giants played well last year, have a lot of question marks around them. And especially too, that, I know everyone kind of looks at, oh, like, hey, why they going to stretch the middle of the season? December's not easy for them because you'll have the Chargers. Yep. This, December 2nd, yep. I still say this Steeler game is probably going to be a whoever loses that game is going to be probably the, out of the AFC playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I agree. It's like a figurative eliminator. Like it's not a legit eliminator, but it's going to mm-hmm. feel like it. Mm-hmm. And then it's obviously, sense, essentially a playoff game. And then essentially, look, I say this publicly. My birthday is December twentieth. December eighteenth, they play Kansas City. Ever since Tom Brady has left, they've given me nothing but else for my birthday, including last year's wonderful one against Vegas. Um, and then Denver Christmas Eve is a game where. I think it's the same thing as Pittsburgh, honestly. Yeah, I think I I I disagree only because I I just don't think the Broncos are going to be that good. Um, I think we're putting a lot on the plate of, you know, we put we put a lot at the feet of you know Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, he's the reason they were terrible when yeah. Russ just wasn't very good and he hasn't looked very good this year. Um, and you'll have Denver fans who'll be like, "Well, no, it's because his O line was terrible, but the O line's still terrible." So yeah. I don't. That doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> I mean, their fans were showing a lot of fight in the stands last night in that game against San Francisco, though. Oh, so, oh my goodness. Throwing haymakers. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be like, guys, I get like your football fans are riled up, and we all love this game. We like emotion, like our emotional stress levels and mental health lean on how these 53 men who have no idea who the hell we are do. But, guys, it's the preseason. Like, let's just say Yeah, like, we're, we're not – we're just not throwing haymakers in the preseason. That's silly. Yeah, exactly. But, no, I always say Denver. I'm not ready to rule them out just because of Peyton, but I'm not here to say – they're going to be great. I just still think they're going to be that team that, like, come Christmas time, that they're like in, in the in the hunt graphic shows, and they're like one of the last two teams that are. In yeah, that I, I can see that. Yeah, for sure, I can see that. I can, I yeah. can see that. Plus, too, I know the Patriots always seem to, even going back to the Brady days, Mile High has not really been an easy place for them to go and win. Yeah, very true. Very true. If I just believed in Denver a little more, I think I mean, their defense is going to be great. I have real questions about that offense, so we'll see. And from a betting perspective, I think you go under on Christmas Eve if I'm just you. I think that's a that's a low scoring defensive game, and that's sure. the other that's the other thing too with this team. Like, and so like when I was saying to people, I'm like, hey, I said seven and ten is this team's floor, where I think just because you never know what can happen. But then someone told me like five and twelve, and I'm like, there's there's no way in hell no. this is a, a terrible uh-huh. team like that. Nope. And the main thing behind that is this is a top ten defense in the NFL. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I I I just don't buy that they're going to be bad. We saw a, a team that was like absolutely terrible on paper and in practice on, in 2020, and they won seven games. You know what I mean? Like that. That if that team can win seven games, I, I can't ever imagine that, that the Patriots are going to bottom out five or twelve. Where you know last year they won eight games, and that felt almost as bad as the 2020 year. And it's like, well, if the floor here is eight games and a game away from the playoffs, and that's considered a terrible year, then I I think it would be just fine. Exactly. Like I even saying this right now where I'm like, I can see eight and nine being realistic. I can see nine and eight being realistic. Mm-hmm. 10 and seven is like, you know, Hey, they stole a couple games mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have won, which I think we say both is like something yeah. they should have done last year. Like say for example, if last year you beat green Bay and Minnesota, let's just say those two games. Yep. Um, even though I do think Minnesota, they really like not Minnesota green Bay. They basically just gave the game away. They were yep. just like, okay, we're going to, we'll take the L whatever because they knew Detroit and yada, yada, yada. But with this year, though, like, you can't just do that. You've got to go out there and win those games that you yep. may not have any business winning. Like, if you can split versus – I look at Buffalo where I'm like, if you can split versus Buffalo, yeah, more than ideal. Um, 
I, I still see a world where they sweep the Jets just because, look, I know the Jets agree. are tight, but Agree. I think coaching is a, a bigger uh, – you know what? It's the preseason. Yeah. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. You know, keep it polite. I think yes. uh, coaching is a bigger um, discrepancy between the two than people are willing to admit. So I know they have Aaron Rodgers and they have all these great players and everyone's going to be so excited about them. I just need you have that. They have no. They they have no benefit of the doubt for me. I got you. Have to show me. Yeah. Sh- show me something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they start off. They have a rough season. A, a rough schedule to start as well. So show me. I think they're rougher than us just because, look, you have that Buffalo game is – I can't wait for the Tuesday afterwards because also here's the other reason I want them to fail because whenever I flip on an ESPN or I see a clip on YouTube of it, it's always Mike Greenberg being like, can you please tell me the Jets are going to be good and Bart Scott doing the exact same thing. So it's like – because I want to see guys like that basically have to like walk back takes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but that's that, great. That Tuesday is either going to be this is the best team in the league, they're going to the Super Bowl, or it's going to be – it's the same old Jets. Like, do you remember? Yep. I always remember this 2018 when Sam Darnold went into Detroit and beat the Lions. I think, like, by, I think it was almost 30. He threw a pick six on his first play of the game. And then from there, they just carried it out. And then from that oh, season, it was oh, like, uh, Sam Darnold is right here. Yeah. 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 His first start against Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was just like down. An avalanche. From there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, like, it's just like one of those things where. We always know this too, regardless of who the teams are, that first Sunday of the NFL, the first Monday of the NFL season, the biggest overreactions in the world happen. Yep. And then uh, the next Monday in week two, I think uh, everyone tries to, you know, course correct and they overcorrect. And now everyone's yeah. overreacting the other way. And then why week three, the, the takes kind of stabilize and everyone's like, all right, here's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, when I look at this Patriots team, I want to go to the quarterback situation. There is no competition. But yeah. I will say this right now. I know a lot of people saying this is the year for Mac Jones, but I think if let's say this year doesn't go well for him, it's the same thing as last year. There's a very good chance the answer is already in the building in Foxborough. Who are we talking about? Malik Cunningham? Yes, I think Bailey Zappi is I've said this from the jump, especially when people laughed at why they draft a quarterback, because I knew Bailey Zappi was drafted because Jared Stidham wasn't working out. I just yep. knew that Jared, it was time to move on from Stidham. That's what they did. Now he's backing up in Denver. But with Malik Cunningham, I'm not saying starter, but if he can get his throwing right, the kid's got a bit of a future in the NFL. He's he's an exciting player. I um I don't think it's going to work for him at wide receiver. I know that's where the Patriots are playing him. They force fed him yeah. targets last night. He got five from Zappy in the uh, you know second and third quarter. He didn't come down with a single catch. He just doesn't look like a natural catcher of the football, and mm-hmm. so that's. That's where I'm like, I just don't see it at quarterback, but his speed is legit. Um, I think I think he might have something there as like a wild card, uh, what you know, wildcat kind of quarterback. Um, and it's weird to call him a wildcat quarterback, given that he is a quarterback. But I mean, like plays where you, you he's just back there to kind of run the football. We're here to, to run options. We're here to run, you know, buck sweeps and whatever the case is. And we're just here to run the football. That's what he's going to do. Um, I think he has a role in that regard. I know people want to compare him to Taysom Hill, like, oh, he's going to be Taysom Hill. But I don't think he's going to be asked to do some of the things that, because I think uh, what gets lost is Taysom Hill does a lot of like physical things, right? As, yes. a, as a football player, like he is a physical man. And I know he's a quarterback, but he is built like a, a tight end. You know what I mean? Like a, a small tight end, but a tight end all the same. Uh, Malik Cunningham is not that. So some of the, you know, between the tackles running that um, that Taysom Hill gets asked to do, I just don't think we'll see that from Malik Cunningham. But I, I do think with Malik Cunningham, um, Jet sweep. I think he's, 
he's probably already the third best quarterback on the roster. I think Trace McSorley is done for. Yeah, I think Trace is kind of like – I remember my dad told me when um, they signed Trace, he's like, oh, are you excited? And I said, no. I'm like, Trace is there to be the scout option quarterback. Like, he's mm-hmm. there to, you know, just do this. And then as soon as the Houston game happened, I'm like, yeah, Trace's days in New England yep. are their number. Yeah, they, he is showcasing his arm for his next team. Yes. But um, with Willie Cunningham, like, I, I, I say starter lightly just because, like, we've seen what happened with Cam. And I say that, too, because it's just like – I don't see a world where next year, say if New England it craps out, I don't think they're going to go draft a quarterback next year. I think it's just next year is the ultimate. What Daniel Jones went through last year where it's like, hey, they're not picking up the fifth year. It's for Mac. This year you have to go out and prove yourself. And then if they have to pay him in 2025, we'll worry about that then. So for now it's kind of there. But then I said this to you earlier, I don't know if you picked it up. I said from Elite Cunningham, he could be the perfect jet sweep quarterback where you know you put him in, you have Mac there, and then you have Cunningham just out there, and then you – Basically, just run a jet sweep with him, and then boom, he just if you're in a close yardage situation or if you're near the goal line. Yeah, I think he has the uh, the talent for that, and I think you can actually build you can build on that, right? If you if yeah. you have him on the field, um, you can have situations where you throw you know throw it backwards to him, and all of a sudden he's he is a viable passer. You know, he, he may not be like a, a full game passer, but he can throw a good pass. You know what I'm saying? So it could be a situation where you know now you have trick plays and he's he's involved. I'm just really curious to see how how they get him involved in the offense. Because at this point, I do think he makes the roster. Um, I just don't know in what capacity. Um, I know that some people all of a sudden want him to be, you know, QB2, you know, behind Mac Jones ahead of Bailey, uh, Bailey Zappi. And I think, while I think Bailey Zappi's a better quarterback, I think there is merit to that idea. Just because now you can keep a third emergency quarterback. I wonder yeah. if you can, you know, I wonder how they would feel about Mac and Malik, you know, dressing for a game as like your regular quarterbacks and then having Bailey as that third emergency option. Um, so that, 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 that'd be really interesting, but I think Malik Cunningham is intriguing enough that you kind of keep him around and see what, you know, see what you can do there. I just don't know that it will be at wide receiver. No, but with wide receiver, um, we'll get into running back. Obviously it's a hot button topic right now, but with wide receiver, do you think Keishon Butte has secured himself a roster spot, or do you think it's still you? We got to see one more game. You got to see a little bit more. Ah, uh, you know. Okay, so I've, to I, avoid, I, I, I look on your timeline. I look on your timeline. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, right? Because I know he yes. had the big forty-yard touchdown uh, last night. But yes, he has made the roster. If, you, if if it's up to me, I think he's just really come on over the last few weeks. I know he started camp slow. Um, and earlier this week, I remember I was telling, you know, the guys in the group chat, I was like, yeah, I don't really think, you know, Booty has made his, you know, made his case very strong for a roster spot. Yeah, I don't think he has it yet. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. And I had some guys who I really respect telling me, I think he's going to, I think, you know, I think he's going to make it on. And then you watch and, you know, he had the, he had the game he had um, last night. He had two really solid weeks of practice. Then you think back to his entire, you know, and I hate the term so much, but his draft pedigree right should have been a first round pick if he had come out last year he didn't he went back to lsu and you know obviously what happened happened you know we talked get... about it after the draft yeah exactly right um and so he fell to the sixth round he had a, a you know a poor combine or whatever or whatever it was you know that that caused him to fall i think all of that though the talent is still there so i think between the talent um his play of late and then obviously his game action last night you saw he he put the burners on after he caught the slant and it was just gone you're like yeah i, I think i think he's on um, as far as what that means for the rest of the wide receiver room, I know that the current um, 
the current punching bag seems to be Tyquan Thornton. And we're like, oh, well, it's going to be Thornton. He's going to be the other man now. Oh, he's a stick. Oh, he sucks. La, 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 la. Um, I think he offers something that no one else on the team does. And for that reason, he's going to stay. Between that and, you know, he was a top 50 pick last year, second round pick. Like, yeah. I know as much as people are like, well, you can just admit the mistake and move on. That That's not something that most teams do very yeah. often. Um, so I – I can't really see that uh, that happening with Taekwon. Also, I just think no one else on the roster has his deep speed, right? I think Demario Douglas is extremely quick and can run after the catch. I think that, you know, Keishon Booty, same kind of thing, where he can really do some damage after the catch. But I think as far as, like, pure speed from snap to, you know, to, from snap to catch, Taekwon offers that and no one else does. So I don't think he's going to be out. Um, Devontae Parker just got an extension, and he's also yep. the only perimeter X receiver they have on the roster, the go-up-and-get-it jump ball kind of guy. So it's not going to be him. You have Kendrick Bourne, who I originally thought, like, maybe maybe it is Kendrick that goes, but he just has such good chemistry with Mac Jones. Um, and he's just a reliable pair of hands. I think you kind of just have to keep him. And then Juju was obviously signed this offseason, so he's safe. Um, and Pop Douglas, I think, made the roster, like, three weeks ago, like, yeah. Day one in camp. I, I The very first day I was down there, I was like, holy cow, this number 60, whoever the, the receiver is in number 60, <laughs> that guy can play. Um, and I think it bore out. He's extremely exciting. So that gives you six receivers, and the Patriots generally keep five. I think they keep six. I think you go short at a different position. Yeah, because when it comes to, like, late-round picks, like, and look, like, Tyquan Thornton, people giving up on him, like, that's just not a feasible option. Also, too, only bad teams do that. The Patriots yep. aren't a team that makes bad decisions like that. I think someone like Trey Nixon, who I know a lot of people are high on, I think he's someone who's probably going to be cut. Or no, absolutely. One at least. For sure. But like, because I know a lot, of, like a lot of people are saying, like, and even me too, was like, Ernie Adams pick, he's going to be great, but then he just never got the time. Uh, Ronnie Perkins is another one too, but he's still a top 100 pick. So I think you keep him around for a third year and hope that he plays this year. I mean, I think the fact that he hasn't played to this point, um, I think he might just be gone. He just because yeah. he uh, he was obviously hurt last year, so yeah. obviously he couldn't play. But his rookie year, they didn't activate him once. I just I don't think they've seen enough. And then he hasn't you know played in the pre- yeah. even this preseason just hasn't played. So you know what what yeah I don't yeah. know I don't know if he's cut. I think he probably ends up on IR um, season ending IR. But I think just because he he's just not there, he just doesn't play. That, 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 that's just it. But then even going back to your wide receiver argument, like I kept seeing this last time with Kendrick Bourne because, like, look, last year, I remember our second pod together, I said the 1,000-yard take, which I can see happening this year because, look, yeah. people realizing that, hey, Matt Patricia just hated this guy for no reason. And I wouldn't be shocked if Kendrick Bourne has a big game against Philly just to be like, hey, Matt, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like an FU game for Matt Patricia because he knows he's on the other sideline. Um, <laughs> that would be good. The one thing I and also too, I know this gets confusing, but Pop Douglas and are Pop Douglas and Demario Douglas the same person? Or yeah, okay. yeah, it's yeah. just a nickname. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wasn't sure about that. And then even still, like the Tyquan Thornton thing, he's got the Jets, he's got the burners, mm-hmm. and he's proven it too. I know he's in his second year, but then with Butte, he can come in and like you know what, do kick returns, do punt returns, unless you want Marcus Jones doing that. But I feel like it's a more feasible option to have Butte do that, and then you have. Um, Marcus Jones occasionally run offense and then mainly play and hone in your craft in the secondary. Um, and then with Tyquan Thornton, look, you just use him and expect him, hey, catch the ball and hopefully he can gain 20 or 30 yards. Yeah. Um, what was the other take I was going to have? Oh, yes. Uh, I obviously, look, I know running back's a big one, and I know we said we're going to get to it, but there's one other take I have for you. Sure. There's, I know we're all excited for Mapu because of how good he's looked, and I know Christian yes. Dallas has all the hype. Yeah. But I'm going to say this right now. I know he's a rookie, but Keon White is a man. 
He is just yeah. like he's just like yeah. even when you see photos of him and like he looks like he's just gonna yeah be, he just he was he's built a lab he, he's a rookie that like no he's built in a lab he's that rookie where it's gonna be like oh my god how did he fall like he's gonna be that guy I feel like people are gonna be like why wasn't he a first round pick just because he's gonna go out there and he's gonna have to play up yeah I thought he, I I thought for sure he was gonna be a first round pick um in in you know in last year's draft because everyone had him as a first round pick like all the mock drafts and then he fell and I was like okay that's really weird um and as the pick was coming up we saw that the the you know it was like, oh, the Patriots are on the clock and there were people who were talking about it being Keon White like you know leaks oh per source it's you know it's yeah. gonna be Keon White and I remember I tweeted it um and the timeline at the time was very upset they wanted a wide receiver badly they were like bring me a receiver uh and I tweeted it out and I just said I, I know people are gonna be mad but Keon White fucks like I, I got yeah. awesome so like if he's the pick that's amazing and then it turns out he was the pick he is amazing I know he's 295 pounds so you, you don't think oh yeah this is gonna be an outside linebacker for the Patriots but like he lined up on the edge and looked just fine. He lined up in a three-point stance. He looked just fine. We've seen him cover in college. He obviously, you know, he covered. Yeah. He covered. He even dropping into coverage at times. He is a. He is an athlete. You know what I'm saying. So I'm supremely excited for him. I'm. I'm bummed he didn't get to play yesterday because of the uh, the leg injury or whatever it was. But he is someone who, I agree. I think day one he's going to be out there and people are going to be like, "Hey, where's 99?" Because that guy's a problem. And also, too, that number is just great. Like, you have yeah, nine. For sure. Nine nine, you have nine and 99 lining up on the edge. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go. Yeah. yeah love there. It. And even the Mapu pick, I know a lot of people are like, oh, what's this player, Sacramento State? The more yeah. you watch him, the more you look at him, he's pretty much like a Jabril Peppers 2.0, like where he's he, a hybrid he's linebacker exciting. safety. Yeah. Yeah. He is, and and he, he's so fast. Um, and I know that his, his 40 time wasn't like, you know, super 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 impressive or whatever the case is there but he he can run he can run really well um and he's not afraid to be physical despite being undersized he's 230 pounds yet he he has no problem going over and hitting he's good in coverage i'm excited i'm really excited about this draft class i think christian gonzalez is um is a slam dunk i think the way he the way he covers is so technically great um and so people will want to really quickly, anytime there's a mistake, hey, look, he didn't do, you know, he didn't do that. But I'm like, no, no, he he's fine. He's yeah. fine. He's a good player. And his movement skills are so good that there are times where he looks beat and he is simply not. Yeah. Like, I just don't want people to be with Christian Gonzalez where it's like, you know how Sauce Gardner came into the league, like lit the world on fire. And then you had the yep. same thing with Pat Sertan as well, who I still feel like is very underrated in a sense. Where... He's the best corner in the league. I'm going to say it. And people are going to agree with me by the end of the season. If you don't already agree, you're going to agree. Pat Sertan is the best corner in the in football right now. Yeah. But then I feel like with Gonzalez, it's like, if he's not that right away, people are going to be like, Oh my God, like it was worth the pick. Uh, we'll just be like, guys, you got to give it time. Like Pat yep. Sertan in his first year, there was like, if we can see flashes of, Hey, this guy could be a depoy one year, one day. That's yeah. what you're asking for. Yep. Like, I don't want people to be like where it's like with Sauce Gardner, where it's like he comes in the league right away and he has his cockiness, his swagger, his attitude, and he yeah. can back it up. I just don't see that from Gonzalez. But we'll nope. ultimately wait and see. This, like I said earlier, this defense is going to be exciting. I think I, I completely agree. I think the thing with uh, Christian Gonzalez is when people take a corner in the first round, um, there there's obviously heightened scrutiny. When you take yeah. a corner who was supposed to be top 10 and you get him at 17, you're going to have a lot of people saying, obviously, oh, what a steal of a pick. I'm one of those people. What a steal of a pick. Same and here. naturally, on the other end, you're going to have people saying, well, he's actually not that good. No, oh, he's not that good. He's not that good. And so they overanalyze things to the point of absurdity where – there's so many oh is he physical oh does he even tackle look at him he's not even he's just kind of running around out there um and it's like i think we're 
over scrutinizing the fact that like he's 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 a good player who needs to be more aggressive in run defense. Absolutely. But he's a cover corner first and foremost. Like put him out there and just let him run with receivers and you'll be just fine. Last night he had a DPI, um, a DPI called on him that wiped away an interception. Uh, and it was one of the worst DPI calls I've ever heard in my life. So, and you obviously a lot of smart football fans were like, oh my gosh, bad call. And then you had <laughs> not a smart football fan who were like, see, this guy sucks. Look, DPI is a rookie. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like yeah. it was an incredible play to recover after looking like he was beat. And that's something that if you didn't watch him in college, I think you're going to have a hard time with is there are a lot of times where he looks beat and just is not because he, he, his, his movement is so good that you're like, he's going to get there and he'll be just fine. So this is another play where it looked like he was beat. Um, and as the ball was arriving, all of a sudden he's underneath the ball, punching it into the air. So yeah. he's going to be a great corner. Um, I, I think people just need to give it some time. Exactly. Like if he goes out there, let's, Week two, let's say week two, just because that's a big wide receiver matchup. Obviously, look, I don't know what's going on in the Miami secondary right now between injuries and apparently secret sex, sex scandal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting his Bentley smashed into. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a weird thing, and it didn't really get all that much pop. Like I saw like three tweets of it, and I was like, that was weird. And then no one ever, no one talked about it again. I was like, cool. <laughs> Including a, a meme of it that said, "You're gonna make me say fins up so hard right now." <laughs> Oh, but it wouldn't be a Patriot podcast if we don't talk about the big elephant in the room. I've been teasing it, but we got to get into it. Zeke's here to feed. I know. I for some reason I said I think I said four to you when we were DMing about it because yeah, he was the number four pick, and for some reason I thought he wore four Ohio State, but he's wearing fifteen. Yep. And I've been saying a lot of people saying like, "Oh, Zeke's cooked." It's this and that. I don't think he's being brought in here to be the Zeke that he was when he was drafted. I think it's for three reasons: pass pro, maybe some goal line. And you know what? Just to be complimentary to Ramadre. It's those yeah. three things right there. Like, there's never a competition running back. We always know who RB1 is. Yep. I think, um, yeah, RB1 is most certainly still Ramadre Stevenson. He had a really nice run yesterday. Um, he's one of those players that everyone kind of forgets is really good every single week. So, like, yep. on Monday, everyone will be like, oh, Ramadre Stevenson is not that good. And then Sunday, he does something incredible. It was like, oh, this guy's great. And then Monday, they're like, he's not that good. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, just watch what he did. Yeah, you just how do you forget? Um, but in any case, I I uh Ramondre Stevenson absolutely RB1. I think Zeke is a really good number two back. That is that is uh that is a, a running back room in that point. Um as far as the whole Zeke is cooks thing, the argument that people have are well, his yards per carry were down. You know, he, he was down to I think it was 3.8 for the first time under you know under four for his career. And so people were like, Well, obviously he's cooked, not accounting for the fact that he had a lot of goal line runs, just and those just aren't gonna pick up a lot of yards. So like if you're you know, what was it, seven of his twelve touchdowns from last year were, were one yard runs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it it's going to screw with your average. He still had eight hundred and seventy-five yards, good player. Um, and he catches the football well. That's like something Yes, this pass pro is really good. I know we're gonna, you know, a lot of people are gonna talk about that. It's gonna be mentioned on the broadcast in week one, eight million times. He is very, and he is very, and he should be because he's very good at it. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's a better runner than people are giving him credit for. But beyond that, I think what he can do in the passing game, as far as you know, being a pass catching back, I think that's something that people are sleeping on. I think he's going to have a bigger role than we're currently expecting. I when I, when he first signed, I was like, okay, yeah, he's probably gonna be here for you know to run the ball and, you know, maybe pick up like 400 yards. But I think he, they really, realistically, it will be a bigger timeshare with Ramondre Stevenson than we think. I think he'll eat into more snaps than we um, currently expect. So I think 
obviously I, I always thought the Patriots needed another back after James Robinson because I really like the James Robinson signing for the reason of giving you another back that can do it all, right? If Harris is your 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 goal line heavy back and Pierre is your you know change of pace back, then you obviously need someone who can just do a little bit of everything. I think Zeke fits that super well. So gives you a top three running back room of you know, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Pierre Strong. I think that's that's pretty good. And then you can move, you know, do what you do as far as the fourth back goes with Kevin Harris or maybe someone else you pick up on waivers or after roster cuts or whatever the case is there. But I think Zeke is is being a little underrated after years of being a little overrated. So I think that's just it's just one of those weird things that happens. Yeah, exactly. And I also feel like, too, it's just another sign of, like, hey, maybe – Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, they're not ready to take on more of a workload yet, so you can kind of still use them, but they're not use them to what I think they were expecting to use them for. And it saves only here for a year. Then by year three with those two, it's kind of like, hey, we're ready to plug and play you now into a more profitable role in the backfield. Yeah, and in in particular with Pierre Strong, um, I think people just aren't remembering correctly how – Patriots developed that that kind of change of pace, third down kind of back. Um, yes. You remember Shane Vereen didn't play – I think he played one game his rookie year. James White didn't play at all his rookie year. And by year two, they were, you know, kind of kind of getting there. Um, and it wasn't even perfect in year two. If you remember uh, 2015, James White's second year, they targeted him like 52 times in the AFC Championship game. He came down with like three. That was a terrible game. That was the year we had Steven Jackson. I remember that. Um, so – you know, people were like, see, this guy sucks. And then year three, he was absolutely indispensable. Everyone's like, yeah, we just, <laughs> this guy's incredible. I think what it just takes a lot more time. It, exactly. You think about Shane Vereen's, um, Shane Vereen's same outlook. He didn't play his rookie year. His, you know, 2013 was fine. Um, and then 2014, he became an indisputable, you know, indisputable piece of the of the puzzle. And, and again, he won a Super Bowl. Win. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. maybe, maybe give the, give the Patriots time to work on giving these, these, types of back the time they need um because when we see that they kind of kind of know what they're doing with it like they're just developing these like pass catching like third down we're gonna you know give you a little something different kind of backs just giving them time i think you know prior to zeke coming here pierre was going to have to do a lot more than i think he's necessarily ready to do right now yes i completely agree with that where it's kind of like maybe a pierre the big sauce something came to it's like hey scale it back a little bit it's you're not ready for this. It's like, hey, we still have faith in you to do well, but we're not exactly ready for you to take that next yep. leap that we were hoping for you to take. So that, like you were saying, year two, it's like, okay, cool. But by year three, it's like, look, strap a rocket onto him and see what happens. Yep, yep, for okay. sure. So I think he just needs a little time, and I think the Zeke signing gives him that time. On top of, obviously, and I think I, I, I focus a lot on, like, the football part of the NFL – but I also I, I realize I don't give enough credit to quote unquote star power. I don't really care yeah. about star players. So I'm like, whatever. If you can play, you can play. I don't care where you where you come from. Um, the energy around the Patriots with regards to like the fan base and some of the media has has really shifted since Zeke got here. Right, Zeke got here, and now everyone's like a little more excited about the Patriots than they would have been. And I don't know. It, it feels that way. And I don't know if maybe I'm just looking in an echo chamber or whatever the case is, but it, it just feels like there's a rejuvenated energy around the team. Um, and I think that's something that kind of happens when you add a big name player. Um, so I guess it, it's, it matters a little more than I, I thought. I, I'm always just like, I don't really care. You don't need a star player, just the guy who can play. But I don't know. It, sometimes you might need it. So, 
Yeah, that, 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 you know what? That's just it. Because it's like, hey, you need a little spark. You need that little boost. But then even too, like how you're saying the mood change, because it's like, hey, it's a well-known name. Because how often do these names come to New England? Like even with the tight end room, I saw, I'm not going to mention this person, this uh, personality by name, because I just personally don't like his takes. Yeah. But basically saying how it's like the Patriots bring in Mike Kosicki and like, trying to say how he's not a good pass blocker when I literally went, they're running two tight end sets. They're not using him as pass blocking. We saw, we talked about it. What happens to Hunter Henry when you put him in pass blocking? Yeah, it's going to look, it's going to look bad. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But that's not what he's here for. No, that's, so it's just to that point too, where it's like, for everyone saying that New England's going to be bad, I'm just like, I just have faith in this coaching staff that they're going to plug and play players the right way. And with the Bill O'Brien thing, if he's only here for a year and gets a head coaching gig, so what? But I still say this, that Adrian Clem coming in is going to be something that's going to be beneficial to the offensive line down the road. For sure. For sure. And it, you know, I, I think he's a solid uh, coach. I mean, I like what he did with the ducks. Um, I know the reviews out of Pittsburgh weren't great, but I, I think he's a solid uh, O-line coach. His O-line generally look pretty good. Um, I just, I think right now the biggest issue facing Clem is just injuries. He just yeah. doesn't have his guys. <laughs> his, his guys just aren't available. So you're you're putting together some lines and you're like, I can't believe Bill Murray is playing tackle. Two years ago he was a defensive lineman. Like, you know, that that's that's where that's the point we've gotten to. They're signing uh, you know, Michael Vantapert Vantapol from the USFL. You know, he's he's now inserted and last week he was playing as a second team guard. And it's like you ju- you literally just got here. This is your very first practice with the team and you're thrusted into a role because the guys just aren't <laughs> the guys just aren't available. So I think with everyone concerned about the O line, I would just go ahead and say, hey, this line if 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 this is the line they bring to Philly, they're going to lose. But this is not the line they're going to bring to Philly. Andrew Stuber will not be lining up across from you know Hassan Reddick. That's that's not going to happen. So I know everyone's freaking out. Oh no, you know the, the line looks terrible. This line's going to get us killed. Not the same line. Just kind of wait for it to settle. Like, do you want to watch uh, a verbal assault, not verbal, like a literal assault on a field line of Andrew Stuber against like Jalen Carter? Yeah, right. That's gonna that's gonna look bad, but they're not gonna do that because Trent Brown is available. He will play in that spot. So yeah, the backup o- o- linemen aren't playing super well. That's fine. A lot of them are just just young, right? Antonio yeah. a- Mafi, um, City so. Jake Andrew, and City So. They these guys are literal rookies, and they're being asked to like step in. City South's playing, you know starter reps and Antonio Moffy, same thing. He started the game yesterday. So these are young guys being put in unfortunate position just because the guys around them are just not available. So we'll see how it looks. We, there are still, you know, two, two weeks before we, we, you know, we're into the regular season. These guys are going to get healthy. They're saying Michael, Michael Wenu is, you know, day to day, he'll be back soon. And then today we had a report that Calvin Anderson, who's on, you know, the non-football injury list is working his way back in, close to returning as well so i don't know give it a little time again it's it's all about time it's still it's still summer i know it's getting a little cooler out but it's you know august 20th it's still the summer there's still a little bit a little bit to go before it's time to play football give the guys some time to get ready get healthy and get out there let the stick marinate before you throw it on the grill most certainly i always say that that's just the thing i love to say like when people like even when I talk about the tight end play, where I'm just like, like for example, I'm going to throw out a name because it's in division. Dalton Kincaid. I don't want people excited on him, but I'm not. I don't want him to come out here and be like, oh, it's going to be like, if he comes out and has a great year one, then it just like it is what it is. I just think with tight ends, you got to give him time. It's like the people who always, came out of no- always. 
it's like the people that go, why wasn't Travis Kelsey a first round pick? And I'm like, uh, go watch his college highlights. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's a reason. Yeah. Um, the, the, with the tight ends in general, I completely agree. Um, there are less talented tight ends in the league right now that people seem to like realize like there are you know, the upper echelon of tight ends is like four. After that, yeah. you, know, you get a lot of guys who are about the same skill level wise. Um, but we see that tight ends need time to develop all the time. One of the best rookie years we saw from a tight end was um, was oh, what is homie's name? He got traded to Noah Font. Noah Font. He yes. had a really he had a he had a great year um, for I a rookie Denver tight end. Not have traded him when the last trade was made. I agree. I agree. He's a really good player, but he had quote unquote one of the best you know rookie years for a tight end in in a long time, and he, he capped out at like four hundred yards and five touchdowns, something to that effect. And it was like. Yeah, because it takes a little while for these guys to get it going. Um, so, yeah, I think Dalton Kincaid's going to be very good, but I just yeah. don't know if he's going to be very good right now. And luckily, they don't need him to be because they have Dawson Knox, who is, for whatever reason, supremely underrated. There are Bills fans that I follow who just constantly shit on him, and I'm like, that's a good player, man. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. I think last year it was just he got he'd get a contract extension, but he did have the off-field tragedy with obviously his brother passing away. Yeah, so for sure. if, if there's someone to have a bounce back year in the NFL, I would knock on Dalton King, uh, not Dalton King, excuse me, Dawson Knox. Is both yeah. okay. But I was just throwing that out there with this because I when I said the let the steak marinade with like running backs and stuff like that, it's yeah. the same sort of thing with tight ends. It's like the people that are already saying, like, oh Kyle Pitts was a bust. Why was he this and that? Yep, yep, like, yep. Give him time. Remember him coming time. out of college, everyone was like this guy's going to be like the next big thing. Like they're already doing it with Brock Bowers down in Georgia where yep, I'm just like yep. tight end to college to NFL. You're going completely up against different animal. Men. Exactly. Yeah, completely different um, animal. So actually I, I, I want to do this just because it's fun. I know if this is, it, you're going to hate me for saying this. It's from Colin Coward, but it's a game of a list he made a few weeks ago. Okay. It's a list of guys. He has his no doubter hall of famers. I'm not going to say all the names because there's a lot of names on here. For example, like Aaron Rodgers, Trent Williams, Jason Kelsey. Like those guys are locks. Yeah, for sure. The names that he has on there's two names on here that I'm still not totally sure when I think of them. It's like first first ballot lock right now if they were to retire. Okay. One of them is Miles Garrett. I think yes, but I don't know if he's like okay. first ballot like immediately. Okay. Like I don't. Like, like mm. I put T.J. Watt over him in that no doubter. E- mm, yeah. Yeah, I. That's an interesting take. That is a legitimately interesting take because I'm unsure. It doesn't feel right, but I can't dispute it. So I'm like, dang, I think that's wrong, but I don't know enough to tell you that it's wrong. I maybe like I'm wrong or no, uh, or you know that Colin's wrong for having him on the list. I think, I think it's a ah, it's it's a lot closer than I originally. Originally, I was like, oh no. Then I thought about, it. I was like, actually, so maybe. Yeah, and then the other one is Bobby Wagner. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Sure. Right. Like I, I don't, uh, I don't know if he's like a stone cold lock, but I think he should get in, but I don't know that he's going like, you know, first ballot. If he retires right now, he's, you know, five years from now he's in can. I don't know if that'll necessarily be the case, but. They can't the next like 20. I don't know what 24 is going to look like, but I know hopefully Robert Kraft's a part of that class, which I don't know why. Oh my goodness. Right. That would be great. But 24, I don't know what 24 and 25 is going to look like for, I believe Eli's going to be 20, that's Eli will be in one of them. But, and for everyone, I know everyone likes to say, oh, he doesn't do this. I give Eli his roses, partially his name, but partially the fact, too, he beat the greatest of all time in two separate Super Bowls. Yeah, so he's going to get in. Um, I 
don't necessarily agree that he should get in, but I think he will get in. It's one of those like he will, but should he? I don't know. If the conversation is will he or won't he, I think he will. I think it's like the Steve Tasker, Matthew Slater argument where a lot yes. of Bills fans want Steve Tasker in, but he should be in. It's the jewelry. He's it's, the jewelry. But exactly. So when I, I I've had this discussion a few times this past, you year. and I've had this on here. Yeah, with uh with Matt Slater, <laughs> I, I think he should get in. Um, and everyone's like, well, what about Steve Tasker? And I'm like, at the end of the day, though, rings rings matter, right? All those accolades yes. matter, and there's a reason they're all in consideration. Uh, Matthew Slater has three of those, like that 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 speaks, you know. And he played what he's in, entering his 15th year or whatever. It's like, yeah, man, that that guy. You add you add, you add his accolades. I know he does, he hasn't been as many Pro Bowls, and he has I think one less All Pro, but he's he is who he is. Like he's he's going to get in based on the jewelry, and people are just going to have to be okay with that. Um, so I'm going to look it up right now. There is one guy who came to mind who I think is eligible next year that is getting in 100, percent and that's probably Antonio Gates. Yes, has yeah. to has to Und, uh, undrafted uh, to a third all time. Like he is yeah. he's yeah. Most certainly. He's he's one of those guys that you wish had seen win, but unfortunately Tom yeah. Brady just kept beating your team. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, unfortunately he was he was a charger and that was unfortunate. Um uh, I don't know if we've ever had the conversation, but I earlier this week I did have the conversation with regards to the Hall of Fame. Um the every Patriot favorite favorite argument is Julian Edelman. Should he get in? I think absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he he I could see him being that guy where it's like forty years from now and like he he knocks. He like gets his gets his call. You know, like where it's like all these like old guys now. It's like how there's like a bunch of people. Then there's like some people that like played in like the seventies that are just getting in now. All of a sudden, like I can see that no, happening with that. I I just I don't like think the, he has the accolades. He'll get a red jacket, but I don't know if he'll get a gold Most, jacket. And I think that's totally fine. The red jacket yeah. is more than good enough. But that also sprung into a separate discussion of you know what Patriots player outside of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski from this you know, era of Patriot football should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think a lot of them have a super great case, but I think one that's really interesting to me is Devin McCourty. I think I was about to say that. I think it's close. I don't don't know if he will, but I think it's a lot closer than we think. I think he's in that like Rodney Harrison territory where he's gonna be yeah. on the ballot for years and years to come. Another he'll player, eventually get in. I think yeah. so. Another player too is Hightower. I think Hightower yeah. gets in. Um I I, th- I just wish he played more. Uh, obviously, that's my favorite player of all time. So personally, you know, you put him in I, right now, and I'm not. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I I wonder though if they will just think he hasn't played enough. Um, they they seem to really value longevity, and I know you know he he played what 11 years. That's that's a lot, but apparently, you know, I always want more than that. Um, he never led the league in like sacks. He never led the league in like he doesn't have any of the counting stats, right? He just has like impact plays, and I don't know that you can get in the hall on impact plays. I would love that though because. That is my all-time favorite football player. The there's a the list for first timers next year is like a lot of my childhood. There's a lot of a lot of cool names on it. Do is it cool if we run it down for a second? Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Julius Peppers gets it. Yeah, absolutely love him. Uh, Eric Berry. I don't know that he played long enough, but I think the legend of Eric Berry because when he did play, he was elite. It was just the, you know he missed a year because of cancer. Then he had the yeah. Achilles tear. So I don't know that. He has the longevity, but uh, he was awesome when he one of the only players I ever saw like one on one shut down Gronk, and you were just like, "Yeah, Gronk's just having a bad time." <laughs> um, Haloti Nada, I like Haloti Nada. I don't see it, but I, I like it. I like him. I just don't think he gets in. Uh, Jamal Charles, I think I think that's a player. He'll I don't know if he'll get in this year, but he'll get in eventually. I think so as well. I think his yards per carry 
you know, leading the NFL in history and yards per carry. I think that that's going to matter. Um, he's another one who was just like really awesome. He just fumbled a lot. Yeah. And then uh, one player, uh, this one I don't know is uh, Brandon Marshall. Man. Okay. He is going to be the ultimate uh, litmus test for regards to how much winning matters. Cause he did not win a lot of football games. He was on some very, very bad teams. But Chicago. he was a sick football player. Yeah, he was yeah. in Denver, New York. He was with the Jets. Yeah, he's he was an awesome football player. But I just don't. He never. You know, he doesn't. He hadn't won a lot. That's that's just the reality of it. And I think between that and just not being he was the best receiver too. at any point, I think that makes it tough. Because like he was always like in my like in my mind, just outside of like the top ten. He had a couple of top ten seasons, but he was never like a top five at any current year wide receiver yeah. for me. So I, I wonder if that plays against them as well between the winning and never being the always being very good, not elite. I think that that's going to play against them. The one position though, where I think the winning didn't matter this year was Joe Thomas. Cause obviously like, he was on Cleveland for yeah. a lot of bad, but yeah, but that durability I, I, and elite yeah. position. Yeah. I think the him playing at such a high level obviously matters, but I think doing it at a high level and never missing a snap, that I mean, come on, that's legendary shit right there. Exactly. Uh, next one is Kyle Williams. This is a player I I I don't know if right. And he's another one. I don't know if right away, but I maybe yeah. Away. I don't. I hmm. he's Buffalo another one. Where, legend, but I don't know if it's yes, legend. yes, exactly. It, it, that's perfectly said. I think he's another player like Brandon Marshall, where he was just like always very good, but like on bad never, teams. yeah, never really won and never you know top five. So we'll see if it matters. I I like him. Um, I like him a lot. He was my favorite Bill for a while. So not that I had very many, unfortunately. And then the rest of the names on here. Oh, one name I found right here. Boom is uh, Sebastian Janikowski. That's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. First round pick uh, and backed up the first round pick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> As a kicker, sick. There is a bunch of names on here, but there's only a couple more I want to talk about. One is Jordy Nelson, the original white boy wide receiver. Uh, like him a lot. Don't see it. And don't then it. Um, this is one I don't. I'm gonna say no, just because of how long he didn't play for. But Andrew Luck, I just don't. I think if he no, played longer, no, yes. No, 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 no. I completely agree. I um, I actually don't think he has a very strong case in general. I I don't think he ever gets in. Um, just doesn't have the accolades. It's like you go through his like you know his awards, his NFL awards. Not really there. Never really want. Never won a, a Super Bowl. Did, missed like what three full years in his career, like as far as yeah. the number of games goes. It you know, eh, I don't see it. He did that, and then also through his playoff success. I remember it was like his for the three seasons I remember him in the playoffs, obviously excluding the last season when they beat when Mahomes beat them in the divisional round. Was yeah, you lost to Ray Lewis on his farewell tour. Yep, you lost to Tom Brady. Yep, and you got your ass kicked by Tom Brady. I know that's a very controversial <laughs> game for a lot of people, but. Let's yeah, be honest. let's be honest. He had that touchdown to rest in peace, Zerlin Tipton. But yeah. then um, it was like four, I think it was 14 to seven at the half. And then after yeah. that, it like, got ugly. Uh, that, David he, Andrew, he, that, that was a Garrett Blunt legacy game. Yes. So that was um, and David what a. Too. I love that game because Dante Hightower had an interception in that game. So I was like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, the game opened with the Denard, um, the Alfonso Dennard um, interception, where he just out muscled Levon Brazil at the couch point, and I was like, "Wow, that 
this team is going to get their ass kicked. And they did. So, no, no, it wasn't my bad. It wasn't David Andrews in 2015. Who there was a, I think there was a lineman touchdown in that game too. Which, uh, oh, yes, it was uh, Nate Solder. Nate Solder, that's who it was. Yep. I said David yep. Andrews for a second. Yeah, it was Nate Solder found a touchdown pass as well in that game. Yeah. Um, all right, so that, that was cool. But obviously, with the Philadelphia game, it's also the Tom Brady game. And yeah. random Tom Brady highlights on Twitter showcased a game that I had forgotten about what happened. Just with, you know, how there's the famous, who was the Pittsburgh player in 20, 2007 again that said that, was it Nate Smith? Uh, uh, was it Anthony Smith or Anthony, Anthony Smith? Smith. Yeah, 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 one of the two. There is another one. Uh, I forget who the pl- I forget his last name, but it was Thanksgiving 2010. Oh, the Al- Alfonso. Um, that was oh my gosh, what was his name? It was, uh, it was Alfonso, but I just oh my oh, goodness, but he that was the the Brandon Tate game. I remember that. That was uh 2009. They were in the red uniforms. Alfonso where they, where, Smith. Yeah, where you hit him with the finger wag. Yeah, and then things got hideous. Deion Brady obliterated him. It was it was crazy. <laughs> that's just one of those games, though. That it's just like where Tom Brady has like that Michael Jordan element of like, yeah. okay, you're gonna poke the bear, the bear's gonna claw you and just like rip your rip you like limb from limb. Where it's yeah. just like he does a wag on first down, and then like you said, Deion Branch cooked him, Brandon Tate cooked him, I, yeah. and then after that, he tar- he just bullied him for the rest of the game. It's just like yeah. that ability shows like how much someone can cook you in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that was um that's one of my favorite uh Tom Brady games. That we had a couple um around right around that time cuz I remember the, yeah. I believe that was the same year they had uh the 59 to 0 game uh, against the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. I think yeah, I think so cuz it was the, yeah. yeah, obviously the, That's the when Tom Brady threw the all those touchdowns in like that that 10 minute span it was like this is hideous. I I will never forget that game because it was yeah. my first month working at Pizza Hut when I was like I think I was like 17 or something like that. Um, and I watched that game in the store, and it was a huge blizzard, obviously. And yes. I was just watching it in the store, avoiding just to avoid walking home. Um, and I was like, this is incredible. Like, I wanted them to score 60 so bad. And they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, other ones for me include, and I still, whenever I look back on this interview, I know there's all that talk about the Kansas City game where everyone likes to go, oh, what if it wasn't D Ford, wasn't offside, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. But, the more I think about it, that Tom Brady interview with Tracy Wolfson after the Charger game, we all should have looked at that. The you know everyone yeah. says we suck, we suck and we're not going to win any games. Yeah, we should have looked at that right away and said they're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it it was tough that year though because like the team just wasn't super good. Like, yeah. but you know Tom Brady made it happen. Him and Cordero Patterson just kind of like you know that was that was I was like ah, yeah y'all are really cooking something here. I was a big fan yeah. of uh, CPAT that year, but um yeah that was. That was a special game, and people love to pretend like after, you know, now whenever that post comes up, everyone's like, oh, the, the football players will say anything to motivate themselves. No one counted them out, and I'm like, yeah, they did. I remember that year. Everyone was just yeah. like, this is not a very good team. Yeah, I, I remember that too, and I remember the Kansas City game as well. But I think something no one talks about is the fact that he converted three, like, third and longs in that overtime period. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, – I'll never forget that game just because of uh, Tony Romo. That was like – that was the last time Tony Romo was incredible to me. I was like, this guy is amazing because he was calling it out and it was just happening. And you're like, this guy is, ab-. and he was so excited. And you're like, this guy's absolutely cooking. And then after that, he fell off a cliff. But that was, um, yeah, that was great. Third and oh. 10, you know, in overtime. And it's just like, fuck it. I guess I'll convert. Um, and I don't know, you, McGarvin. You know from there. Uh, I don't know, you, McGarvin. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I- 
<laughs> and now we get to hear them two of the first three weeks. So I know. Like, How did oh. that happen? Oh, I'm like, I, yes. I feel like it's a mix of like, because the Jets get the same treatment as us where it's like, hey, you get a Sunday night football game, which I'll say this right now. That is your ultimate litmus test. If the Jets go out there and get cooked by Mahomes, I'm going to look yeah. like, go like. I, and they will. Yikes. And they yeah. will. And they will. So In those sack exchange uniforms. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But. Man, I was gonna say this with you. It's always a blast getting to record. Always with you, my fun, guy. yeah, oh, always for sure, fun. guys. We're bringing it back this year. I'm gonna make the announcement now. I'm sure we talked about it last time. I'm gonna say it again. We're gonna do the monthly recaps after every oh, month yeah. of Patriots football. McGarvin and I will yeah. get more, get more involved as a mainstay here on YWC Football Talk, guys. Enjoy your week. I know I'm back. I got a lot more content coming up. AFC preview show next Monday night. Stay tuned for that, guys, and have yourselves a good night. Take care, everyone. See you. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.